Hi, welcome to the No Contact Club. I'm Portia. And I'm Chloe. How's it going today? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we have a very special guest on the show today. We do. Our first guest on episode four. Uh, it's our sister, Bridie. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? <laughs> good. She's a little bit nervous, nervous. I think. <laughs> She's not an old cat like voice. us. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're pros now. Yeah. <laughs> four episodes and we're pros. Yeah. Um, Bridie, well, it was kind of an interesting story. So it was Chloe's birthday yesterday. She's yeah. 31. Happy birthday, Yay. Chloe. Old lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true. And Bridie was going to try and come up uh, like this weekend, maybe, to try and see her for her birthday and to to sort a few things because she had moved away. Yeah, um, and we're looking after her car, so she needed to sort it. Yeah, but um, she she lied to Chloe. <laughs> she li- You lied um, to her and said that she wasn't coming up to visit and she couldn't come for a while. Yeah. Um, but secretly, on the side, she was organising with us to come up early yeah, so to my, surprise her for her birthday. My boss was like, oh, I'm going to take you out for lunch for your birthday. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to do that. She's like, no, I'm taking you out for lunch. I'm like, okay. And then when I came back, I came, she's like, I'm just going to come across and see Ellen, see how she's doing. I'm like, okay. And then on the driveway, there was like yarn because Bridie knits and I knit. And so actually we're both old ladies. And the the yarn like lit up the driveway and then there was a mojito on the deck and then a party hat that I had to put on. And then it went all the way around. And this was also FYI, this was what? Not even. Uh, it was just after it, like twelve thirty, so yeah. we're making like we're making like cocktails. Day in the drinking, mid- yeah, yeah, in the middle of yeah. the day for Chloe. Um, and so I came all the way around the couch. And then Portia stood up and threw balloons on me, and then it led all the way upstairs to my bed. And Bridie was hiding under the blanket. Wait, I just yeah. realized. Did you get the reference of like what you said about Jandal this morning and me being under the blankets? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I sent a video of, of my dog to our group chat, and then Chloe was like, oh, I want Jandal to be um, in the, asleep, under the, in, my asleep bed. in my bed. And in I was 10 like, oh minutes. Gosh, I'm going to hide in Chloe's bed. Yeah. yeah. So then when she got the, the yarn, like, led to the bed, and I, was, and I like, <laughs> she pulled the blankets back, and I, like, had a party popping thing, thing and, like, threw the balloon at her. And so yeah, it was like, really good. It was really good. Yeah. It was a big surprise. And um, last night we went over to her boss's house for. A Mexican night dinner for her birthday. So we didn't want to go out and spend money. It's yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. And we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. So trying to avoid like <laughs> going public. out. Yeah. But um, I decided to make mojitas. Uh, margaritas. Ma- margaritas, yeah. But they were very strong. Margaritas. <laughs> it was like one glass and we were all, we were all done. Tipsy, like. like yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> It was yeah. fun though, but we were all too full to have cake or cupcakes or anything. So we, yeah. we ended up doing that tonight because which worked in really well because you're here. Yeah, yeah. So you got to sing and also birthday. margarita cupcakes were like so good. I would have come up just for them. Yeah, <laughs> like, just to have margarita cupcakes. Yeah, I would come up again for them. Um. So, Bridie, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Um. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> Um, I was, I knew you guys were going to like ask me that. So I was trying to think like what I would say. Yeah. So what I'm some just things like, about me? <laughs> um, things about me. Um, I do pole dancing or not as much as I used to because there's no studio where I am. Well, there's not a good studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, just also I, as a frame of reference, Bridie and I did pole dancing together when she was still up in Auckland living up near us. So mm, yeah. Now that she's away, she's a traitor and going <laughs> the studio. No. But, um, yeah, aside from pole dancing, I like one of my hobbies, new hobbies, like Chloe's knitting. Um, I like to do painting, like watercolour mm. painting. Yeah. And other than that, I live with my partner and my dog and my cat in a caravan in like the a, South Island. Like okay. a hippie or like something. A hippie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of our existence at the moment which yeah. is good it's pretty so, good it sounds like a pretty good existence. it is good like because i'm on like with work at the moment i'm being like put off work because there's no i'm a flight attendant normally mm. so there's no flying at the moment yeah. and i don't really i don't have to work so yeah. <laughs> i'm just yeah. like okay uh, oh and i like gardening as well that's my yeah like, yeah i do a lot of gardening so you've been no contact Oh, same yeah, I should probably as... talk about, like, the reason no, we're, okay, we're on okay. this podcast. <laughs> same as me. Same as me. Um, yeah, yeah, a year and a half now. Yeah, so I've been in no contact with mum for a year and a half. Mm. Since um, her 
birthday. <laughs> um, Which yeah. we spoke about previously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. I don't know, should I, like, talk about that? I mean, if you no, want to talk like, about your experience with it. With, well, with... I kind of, like, whenever I tell, well, not that I tell it, and like, talking about it all the time, but if it comes up, I always explain it as, like, I was wanting to do it for ages like go not you know not have contact with her for ages just to get some like clarity and to Mm. get like a bit of breathing space yeah and it was leading up to like christmas and new year's and stuff and her birthday which is right after christmas and i was like i was like oh i just need to do it like yeah i was talking about what would happen if particular topics of conversation came up at the like Christmas time um, or whatever. At the lunch that, or dinner that we were doing for her birthday. And I was like, oh, if this comes up, I'm just going to leave. If this comes up, I'm just going to leave. Because there were so many issues because, that I wanted to talk that. And also prior to that, that was bef- after I had gone no contact. So she would consistently bring up yeah. topics of conversation. And there was a lot of that things that talk about. to do with different members of the family and different things that happened in the past that were making me really angry, I guess. Mm, yeah. And... Then I realized, like, why am I going to this birthday, dinner, lunch, whatever it was, when there's so many things I want to say? So I decided to write this, sit down and write this letter to her and explain Mm. why I wanted to go no contact. And I had to give it to her. And it just happened to be on her birthday. And I kind of just reasoned with myself, if it was any other day, I would just do it. So why not just do it today rather Mm. than going through this facade of enjoying a family dinner you know, when you're not enjoying it, when I wasn't enjoying it, you're having to skirt around. Yeah. And there's a lot of like feelings under the surface. I was having to kind of hide Mm. when I actually, I just wanted to tell her how I felt, which Mm. I did in the letter. And I was just like, okay, I've just got to do it. Yeah. 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 Maybe when we do, because we want to do an episode about going no contact and like the whole idea of it. Yeah. There's a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. To talk about. Yeah. And because we all have different, um, I mean, we'll see how this podcast goes with you first. If you're a good enough guest. If you get some good feedback, then you come back. So before we get into today's topic, there's, um, we actually got a really, really good email that we want to read out and we've been given permission to read it out. Um, Portia's just going to get it up, but we were so, um, so so happy to get yeah, it like we were both like jumping up and down like couldn't believe it because it's yeah we were just so yeah I happy think, I mean you'll 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 hear in that in parts of the email that I'll read out but it was just so special because we've gotten a lot of emails from mm. people who are listening but this one in particular was special because of the fact that it was a total stranger it wasn't a friend yes. of a friend or it wasn't um someone that we knew through. that had referred to somebody else or yeah 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 it was it was someone from across the other side of yeah. the world who had reached out to us to say hey i'm listening yeah i'm here and i resonate with what you guys are talking about so i'm not sure how to say her name particularly i think it's ronika or ronika but i'll just go with ronika i think um and she said i wrote today because as a podcast host myself i know that you might be wondering if this is reaching anybody at all it is i'm in florida and i've been no contact since last week i need you guys to keep posting episodes because i'm in the hard part of this journey i'm so happy to have you guys as my club i just felt so uplifted tonight listening to your first episode and cementing that i'm not alone thank you for being brave and sharing your story i look forward to listening to more episodes blessings ronika it's so nice. Yeah. It's so, so heartwarming. I yeah. know. We just, it was just so, we just, we didn't expect it either. Like, it's mm. so nice. So, we wanted to shout out her podcast as well, which yeah, you've got um, it. I'll pull it up. I was so excited when you guys, like, yeah. when I read that. Like, yeah. I mean, just someone so cool. from all the way in Florida, but she does a podcast herself and it's called Real Talk for Teens and Young Adults. So you guys um, check it out. Yeah. Go and check her podcast out. Let's give us a Is that on Spotify? Or do you know? yeah, she, yeah. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> cool. it was, it was just so yeah special receiving that because of the fact, especially because, you know, she said, I'm just I, like, I know that you guys must be wondering like if this is reaching anybody, yeah. but to know that it's reaching someone and it's doing what we wanted it to do. Reaching someone at that level, not mm. just, oh yeah, I listened, it was good. Like, oh no, this actually like did something. Because also I think it's hard for us as well because of the fact that we, um, we're one and a half to two years down the track of yeah. this. And so it's like, we've done a lot of the growth and growth and emotional work. healing that comes after going no contact. Mm. But to know that we're reaching people who are, 
you know, at one the beginning week of in that journey. or, you know, mm. even I had a message from someone saying they, they went in contact with their dad like a week ago or whatever. Mm. So it's like we're reaching people at all these different stages and it's so amazing to just know that mm-hmm. we're, we're reaching them for the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast in yeah. the first place. Yeah. To have like a club. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also like for the people who are at that early stage and being no contact is so nice. For, like if I had known back then that there was like light at the end of the tunnel yes. with yeah. it, not necessarily at the end of the tunnel. Cause it's still, this journey is still ongoing. Yeah. But yeah. Just to know that like, cause it was so hard those mm. first, yeah. like, however long. Yeah. So much to months. with like the guilt that you felt. Yeah. And am I doing the right thing? Oh yes yeah. I am. No, I'm not. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like, yeah. And, and I but think you can, Unpack that all in another yeah. Yeah. episode, probably. Yeah, yeah. like a whole hour. Episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Shall we get yeah. into the episode? Yeah. Hey, while we are knowledgeable about this stuff because of our collective experiences, we aren't professionals. We research what we talk about and our references are in the show notes. But please don't take anything we say as gospel. If you feel like you need support, you can reach out to us at thenocontactclub at gmail.com. Also, the links in the show notes. Thanks. Okay, so today we're going to be focusing on the invisible child or the lost child, um, but we'll also be covering some other roles or behaviors yeah. within that family dynamic. So, um, flying monkeys, which we've mentioned before, and also enablers. Mm. Um, yeah, so a lot of them, the roles or behaviors can be considered a trauma response to the situation yeah. as a whole, which yeah. is an important thing to. Yeah. I was um, I was having a discussion with you, Bridie, today where we were talking about um, when we when we were talking about you know flying monkeys and enablers and stuff, and yeah. and we were discussing like are they specific roles in themselves or are they like where An do umbrella they term. Yeah, yeah, where do they fit into you know the Whole. other family dynamics that we were yeah. talking about with the scapegoat and stuff? And if you haven't listened to um, our previous episodes. Um, Go and have a listen to episode two and episode three, was it? Yeah, Where we yeah. talk about the scapegoat and the golden child. So you kind of have more of an understanding around that. But to me, talking about flying monkeys and enablers, yeah. it's a little bit like a, it is like a trauma response, like similar yeah. to freeze or, uh, what is it? Fawn, freeze or fawn. Yeah. That's, that's like a trauma response to enable, to enable you to kind of get through. And deal with, yeah. The traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... It's important, I think, to mention that everybody's experience, I mean, even each of us, yeah. you know, we had the same mum, but our experiences were different and, mm. and the roles are fluid. They're yeah. not, um, they're not the same. Like some people exist in one role for like their entire life or, yeah. you know, it can change from one week or one day to the next. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting for me, like, obviously I'm a part of this dynamic within our family. Yeah. Mm. But, like, listening to the podcast, the last, you know, few episodes that you've done, like, listening to it as an audience member and almost getting, like, an objective view of it, like, has been kind of a strange thing. But the reason, like, like listening to the episodes talking about these different roles and, like, labels that kind of come under this, like, when I was listening to the one about the scapegoat, I was, in my head, I was like, oh, I remember, like, this scenario where I was a scapegoat in this scenario and then like when talking about the golden child I was like oh I remember this scenario where I could yeah. have been the golden child and I was like it can be kind of almost like confusing or I wonder like is it normal that I fit like I've been yeah. all these different roles like yeah. like yeah it's just kind of um yeah yeah it's quite a little bit confusing because because you kind of feel like you should just fit into one when that's not actually the case. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's not one specific it's mold not for... Yeah, yeah how a not black and white. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel like you fit into, like, any specific role? Or, or I guess, I when we're going further I think with it? all of us, like... I mean, we've, we've each got different experiences apart from each other. But, like, looking back at different memories and things, mm. I can see things that happened where, like, I would... Ident- I would I've identified as the golden child in it mm. and you guys like I felt like I was the one that was like doing everything right mm. Mm. and then other times when I felt like I was being blamed for things that yeah. were going wrong like I remember when when I think when we moved to New Zealand and I got um I was studying um Monday to Friday yeah 
And it was when mum had just opened up a new shop. And when I, I was studying Monday to Friday and then I was working Thursday and Friday nights and the weekend mm. to earn enough money to pay because I couldn't work full time while I was studying. Yeah. Mm. And I just got this new boyfriend, so I was spending a lot of time with him as well. And like even like you guys in this yeah, in this um in this like memory scenario, yeah. in this scenario I guess you'd call it, like all of you were making me feel like, like, I know it's like, it's, no, I'm, it's I'm okay. not like saying, you know, Call us I hate out. you guys, okay. but like, <laughs> we're like canceled. mum would always go on about how I never spent any time with the family and I never came and helped mm. out at the shop I remember that. and you guys mm. would always have a go at me, like for not being at home. And I'm like, mm. literally like, I'm just, I just have a life. Like yeah. I'm studying and I'm working and I have a boyfriend and I and have friends have that I hang out with. around like, us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's kind of your experience as a scapegoat where you can easily like identify like yeah. oh yeah I was yeah this and that that moment um I think sometimes it's hard to recognize oh yeah I was this yeah you know yeah it's not always black and white like that mm. um yeah um so I guess to start with um describing the invisible child they can also be called what is it the lost, lost child. child yeah um they they're kind of the sibling or the child that was overlooked growing up and they're usually pretty compliant mm. um they kind of wanted to blend in a little bit yeah. they didn't want to be treated like the scapegoat uh and they had no hope kind of of being yeah, the yeah. golden child i guess so you know they they're small and quiet and they don't necessarily rock the boat yeah um kind of blend in with yeah that. and i know that for us growing up, we had a really chaotic household growing up. There were yeah. heaps of fights. There was always arguments, you know, waking up at all hours of the night mm. to arguing or mum being drunk or, or whatever. Yeah. And I I have this distinct memory of growing up where you, Bridie, were often the one that was quite quiet in those mm. situations, like in the background. And it was really interesting because of the fact that um, growing up with these arguments and stuff, we would often come to you being like, why the fuck aren't you... Yeah. Mm. Aren't you aren't you joining in in this well, fight? Not just so me. Like I, rem- I re- sorry, I talked over you. Then. No, continue. Like not even I remember all of us kind of came under that mm. at some point where one of us was having a got the other, mm. not necessarily just with mum, mm. and we would be like, why aren't you defending me? Or mum would be like, why aren't you defending me? Why aren't you taking yeah. a stance? Like you need to take a side in this. Yeah. There was yeah. always kind of that concept of sides. Yeah. And it was fight. Like who's in the wrong? Yeah. Who's in the right? But I always kind of like. You mentioning how I would like always go like trying to like disappear from mm. conflict and stuff. I still do that like today. Like I yeah. still try and any time there's like conflict arising or like an argument. Like I'm not mm. an argumentative person, no. mm. but I will try to avoid contact like at conflict at all costs. Like yeah. I will just try to deflate any situation the minute I can. Like mm. and just hide away from it as well. And like, so that's why I feel like. The Invisible Child and also the some of the other roles that we'll be going into um, today are trauma responses in a way because mm-hmm. it, because of the fact that it's like that is a trauma response. You grew up in this environment where, you know, you were surrounded chaos. by chaos yeah. and mm. by yelling and screaming and, and you didn't know left from right. And your response to that as a child was to run and hide away. And yeah. so now it's yeah. those coping mechanisms are That's still... And I still like, actually just thought now as well was that... Even, like, I've been with my partner now for, like, three years, and we have, like, the most amazing relationship ever. Lovely. Yeah. And even, like, we we don't really fight. Like, we, we, I don't remember any time I'd describe anything as a fight. Yeah. But, like, if anything happened, like, even if I, like, accidentally dropped and smashed a bowl, like, mm. I would automatically have this response of being, like, oh, shit. Like, like I'm, I'm going to be yelled get... at. Like, yeah. something gonna, bad's going to happen because I did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I would immediately be, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, try to and be, like trying to resolve this and he'd just be like yeah. it's, it's fine like, it's just it's a just ball, a ball. Like, yeah. like it's okay like you yeah. don't have to like yeah yeah it's not the end of the world yeah um do you want to talk what you were talking about how these roles were formed yeah because it day. was so interesting so i was doing a bit of research on the invisible child um and found that these roles the like family dynamic of like the enabler the scapegoat the invisible child etc they were identified back in 81 by someone, I'm going to pronounce this name wrong, so it's Sharon Wigscheider Cruz. Sharon Wigscheider? Wigscheider, probably. Wigscheider Cruz. Yeah. yeah, I'm really 
sorry if I pronounced that so bad to our listeners in Germany and <laughs> Europe. Um, so she actually identified these roles in relation to families with an alcoholic. Yeah, that was really interesting when, when you told me that. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, we were in a family with an alcoholic. Yeah. And growing up, that's, mm. you know. Um, but, yeah, so it's interesting to see where these roles were formed and how they sort of tie into our childhood and then, of course, our adulthood so since she kind of identified those they've been widened to include like other dysfunctional family systems Mm. so like you know a narcissistic parent or a sexually or physically abusive family home Mm. you know things like that um yeah so it's kind of interesting to see where those roles come from yeah absolutely um but yeah going back to the invisible child um they just they want to be small and they want to stay quiet and, mm. and out of the way. Um, and I feel like also in terms of, I mean, for me, like, cause I'm so outspoken. <laughs> um, I'm never one to like kind of sit in the background. Like I never mm. could really hold my tongue, which is why I always got into trouble. <laughs> but with the invisible child, they don't really get into trouble. So to no. speak, they, they kind of look at, look at this kid and go, Oh, she's, she's, you know, a good kid. She seems fine. Like things can't be that bad at home when mm-hmm. in reality, this is again, a trauma response, I mm. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They can become kind of loners and avoid interaction with other family members. Yep. And they're often very shy, which is, I feel like something that all three of us can kind of relate to. Oh, I was so, yeah. I was literally talking to my therapist about that today. Like I was so shy growing mm. up. Mm. Like didn't, yeah, I don't know if that was any. I don't know if I that was because I was the invisible child or just because because it, it's your self esteem. Yeah, it could just be like a a result of the life that we had at home as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I mean, it's, because I was shy, really shy too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, also, though, it's it's interesting to note because because of the lack of interaction that the invisible child has, mm. it it also means that they're not developing. Um, communication skills, yes. I guess. Yeah. So it's like even then, like that can also tie into the being shy thing because of the fact that it could. They be don't that. know how to talk to people. Yeah. 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 So that's funny because it's funny you say that because we all three of us, I mean, and our other sisters, we loved like fantasy and like yeah, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, like TV shows and movies and books, especially. Yeah, yeah. that we could just kind of like escape from our own reality i guess i mean that's like a classic book thing where you like lose yourself in this like other world but i think for some people especially people from in dysfunctional homes that that's uh an escape like a form of escapism yeah like matilda yeah Yeah. actually that's a good point yeah Yeah. like she had this horrible parents and horrible brother yeah. and she read like so many books and that was her so, safe place does that yeah. mean like we're gonna be like magic yes yeah. <laughs> like, i wish i'm just waiting for that to happen. how many kids have watched that movie just as a quick sidebar but like how many kids watch that and they're like oh my god maybe i've got you, like powers. stare at a lamp or something yeah, yeah. You're like, and do you know this is kind of turn cool. on this is kind of awkward but sometimes i'll like even as an adult now, yeah. I'll lie in bed and look at a cup and I'll be like, I wonder if maybe I'm magic now and I haven't, yeah. and I haven't gained my skills. So I'll like concentrate really hard and be like, move cup, move. That's With like, like my telepathic powers, but nothing happens. Yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously what you guys think. <laughs> That's like this um, book series called, um, the first one was Aragon. Yeah. And they, and the, yeah, in that one, they have like that kind of telekinesis. With, is that what it is? Telekinesis? Yeah. I think you so. move yeah. objects with yeah. your brain. Yeah. But um, there's this one guy who's not magic and he's like, tries to see if he has it. And he like stares at a rock and says the word to try and lift the rock. Yeah. And so some, one time after I read that, I would like go outside and stare at a rock and be like saying the words like, rise. Like just <laughs> staring at this rock. Like, I want to be magic. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. Uh, so getting off track then. I know, but that's uh, fine. That's what, that's what we do here. Yeah, that's where you get when you're bridey on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so taking it back to the narcissistic (laughs) mother or parent, the lost child, like, just doesn't matter to them. Like, Mm. they're not, I mean, they don't get a good source of supply from them, narcissistic supply, because they're not getting 
you know, um, they're not the creating drama. Yeah, Speaking exactly. Of the word rise, they're not getting a rise out of the yeah. invisible child. Yeah, segue. so they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting the supply, and you know, they're getting that supply from the scapegoat or the golden child or both. Yeah. So at the same time, this lost child's not seen as a threat. They they're not. I mean, they're still they're still a victim of like emotional yeah. abuse and neglect in a way. But and I also want to just going. point out while we're on the on the subject of like the invisible child not being seen as someone who's necessarily um, seeing that abuse that the scapegoat will get or the golden child not seeing the abuse that the scapegoat will get or, you know, not being treated the same way. That's not to say that the that people who fall into these roles are more or, like, are worth more or worth less than the other person. That's not what we're saying at all. It's, it's yeah. just different forms of abuse, mm-hmm. I guess. It's just different forms of manipulation. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're talking about the invisible child, how they're almost protected from the wrath of the yes. narcissistic mother because the scapegoat and golden child are giving them the that bulk supply. of the supply of that narcissistic supply. That's not to, that's not taking away the fact that they certainly endured abuse. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a different form of yeah. abuse, mm. I guess you could say. Yeah. So another role that I kind of wanted us to talk about mm-hmm. um, within the kind of narcissistic mother family dynamic thing <laughs> is um the enabler so yes. another label for this is kind of a caretaker um this child kind of fills this role and takes on the addicts or the narcissistic mother's problems and responsibilities i guess you could say mm-hmm. um they're almost like a surrogate parent i think yeah, like they worry and i'm just fret. getting like bells going off like chloe <laughs> yeah yeah i know that you have a have a lot to say on this I yeah think. um they kind of worry and fret and support and listen they're chloe. kind of <laughs> sorry they're essentially like another parent yeah so you know despite their age their their sort of role in the family is to provide for others i guess but i think you'll have a lot to say about yeah. this <laughs> I don't know if it's just I guess it is that I was the oldest but this was like primarily my role growing up and mm. I guess at the same time I would be the golden child or the scapegoat that's as that's well. where I think it felt it fits in with saying that this isn't necessary like it's so fluid that you can yeah. be one, you can be one or the other or you can be multiple things at once or yeah. none yeah yeah, be none yeah. um so yeah I I was the like caretaker slash enabler um a lot of the time so I got you know my first after school job and I would spend that money on food for us all or like you know buy dinner or buy Mm. school food for lunches and I used to boss you guys about all the time and like yeah tried to do like what mum should have been doing but you know she was either drunk or on the computer or both um (laughs) there was a video we're watching a um, family video and it's just like peak Chloe growing up <laughs> of us being in Sydney visit, visiting our dad and then one of us must have like hit the other another sibling and you, oh can, my God. you can hear Chloe in the background going don't hit and she's, <laughs> but she has her like key like little really kiwi, strong little kiwi. classic oh, child kiwi yeah. don't yeah. hurt <laughs> yeah and I like didn't want to be on anyway yeah. um yeah so the enabler kind of acts this way because they feel like the family won't survive if they don't. And I mean, mm. that's what well, I don't think they would have. No. Would you just like one thought that just suddenly came to my head? Like, mm. you know how like I would always like as adults, not talking about like when we were kids and stuff, like I would always buy, like lend money and like buy groceries and stuff. Like when times like were bad with money, mm. do you think that that like I would fit into that? fit in like yeah yeah. well then like yeah yeah. because i felt like if i didn't help out then nothing the family wouldn't survive it doesn't matter that we're older like those and like the fact that i was sorry no the fact that i was out flatting on my own and Mm. then she convinced me that i I needed to help her move into this house so i had to move back home Mm. yeah because they couldn't afford the rent without me that was even me getting involved that was even me getting involved with you roping roping you into that house where she had horses on the property yeah 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 um anyway sorry (laughs) no no that's okay so that that way of like feeling as if the family won't survive like that's what it felt like for me like i wanted to protect you guys and my other sisters and i wanted to protect mum like You've said it before, Porsche, like, we normalise abuse. And, I mean, that's exactly what I did. Like, instead of seeing myself being put in this, like, 
ridiculous position that I wasn't equipped for. I mm. saw that I was looking after my family mm. and doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and I guess that kind of ties in as well with last week talking about putting mum to bed when she was drunk. But, um, but yeah, so it's kind of hard for me to talk about because I, when I look back, I kind of see myself as I am now doing those things, mm. not like this little like 11, 12, 13, whatever year old. Yeah. So I was it's it's little. really interesting that that you bring that up. This is kind of not related to the, like the topic of this podcast, but when I was listening last last week and just now when you've mm. mentioned it, that that kind of um concept of the way that when you look back at your memories as an adult Mm -hmm, you kind of picture yourself a lot older than you were in the memories and it made me think of this movie that i watched which is it's called the tale by jennifer fox and um i'll put a we can put a can we put a link yeah i'll just like taking over that we'll put a link to it in the show (laughs) but um like if we can that'll be good yeah yeah because it's a really good movie um and it's about the concept of how like when you look back at some memories it's like weird as an adult how you go through this like realization that mm. you're a lot old you were a lot younger like you picture yourself yes. as an adult in your memories if that makes mm. sense yeah but um this movie like i should probably put like say there's a bit of a like trigger warning here for mm. like um child and sexual abuse and but um the movie's kind of like based on the it's a true story based on the director's his like story mm. and she's like this she's a journalist and a writer and she has this memory that when she was young younger she was she had she was a teenager and she had like an older boyfriend mm. and she always just remembered it like it was this really kind of special experience and it was very grown up because she had an older boyfriend mm. yeah like romanticizing it yeah yeah and then she goes back home oh the movie is really good because it plays this scene of her memory mm. and playing her as a teenager is this girl that looks like she's like 18 Mm. with this kind of older boyfriend in his 20s and then she goes home and she sees a picture of herself when she was the age that she was which was 13 when she had this boyfriend in her 20s and she realizes that she was actually like a kid Mm, like it's this 13 year old kid and it was Mm. sexual abuse and she realizes she like this movie she goes through this journey of realizing that she has lived her whole life like thinking, oh, I was an adult just with yeah. an older, you know, I was a teenager yeah. with an older boyfriend. And then, it, I don't know, like, I know this is like not related to, no, but I'm not it, saying it, that like sexual abuse or, you know, rape or anything is related to like the same thing as what we've experienced. But no, but it's that It's same just thing that concept of, of remem- realizing that your memories are a lot different than... Yeah. Like actually analyzing way the way yeah. you picture your memories. Yeah. It's yeah. a really interesting journey to go through yeah yeah Yeah. and I think I think that's part of us as adults when we think back on those memories like they're stressful to think about Mm -hmm. and it would be even more stressful to remember them as you know a child so instead we replace our the visions of ourselves and our memories with adults yeah yeah and it's a way of normalizing it as well and And like dealing with it yeah and like sorry to like i'm just like taking no like when i was in counseling a few weeks ago the the counselor was like oh we were talking about um how when mum and dad got divorced and she Mm. was like how did that have an effect on you and i was like oh i didn't really remember it like it didn't have an effect on me she's like how old were you i was like i don't know like six or seven or i don't really remember and she's like that would have had an effect on you. Yeah. Like, like what do you think your the six-year-old or seven-year-old self would say to you if she mm. was sitting in the chair next yeah. to you right now? And she was, like, looking at the chair this as if she was talking do. to the six- or seven-year-old oh. me. And I, like, looked at the chair, and I was, like, picturing six- or seven-year-old me. She's, like, the counselor's, like, what would she say? And I was, like, I don't know. <laughs> She'd probably say that she misses her dad or something. She's yeah. like, that's that's gonna have an effect on a six or seven yeah. year old. Like, and you it works, haven't dealt though. with that. Like picturing like, yourself oh. that little, yeah. Because, yeah, my therapist does the same thing. Yeah. So that was the enabler. Um, but I think uh, next kind of topic that I want to cover off today mm-hmm. is, um, I mean, we've mentioned this a few times in previous yeah. episodes, is the flying monkey. And I think last week we spoke about um, what this means or what, what, it, what it comes from, which is um, the Wizard of Oz. And it, in terms of the... Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. Yeah, that's right. She uses the, she sends like the flying monkeys out and they like yeah. do all the evil deeds for her. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works with, the narcissistic 
uh, dynamic. Like mm. the it's also on the Simpsons, an episode of the Simpsons. I just remembered. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. Burns too... has these like oh my God, yes. monkeys up in his tower, and he yes. like opens the window. Anyway, sorry. We're fans <laughs> of the Simpsons on yeah. this show. <laughs> um. But yeah, the the um flying monkey will kind of act on behalf of the narcissistic yes. mother and can conduct sort of what's called a smear campaign. They're kind of like on the side of the narcissist narcissistic mother, and they can kind of be anybody, I guess, yeah, within yeah. that within her kind of range. Realm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, realm. Yeah. Realm. <laughs> While we're on the topic of witches and, yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. so like a cousin, yeah. or you know, the narcissistic mother's spouse, or a friend, or a sibling of the yeah narcissistic mother, and sort of, uh, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, they're the ones who are also being manipulated by the oh yeah narcissistic mother too, but they're kind of more unaware of it, I guess, and mm-hmm. and and also I just want to note the golden child can often be a um, flying monkey as yeah, well. Yeah, this is mm. another example of playing more than one role. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in terms of the flying monkey, they kind of see it as their responsibility to defend the narcissistic mother. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that saying of, well, if 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 you won't do say anything, I will. Like, I'll stand up for you, you mm. know? Um, yeah, like, Bridie... Oh, we were talking about this today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when... I think you, when you guys mentioned this last week, and mm. I was brought up how there was this one... Um, incident where I remember because I was like driving home and <laughs> it was really random but mum called me and she was like yelling down on the phone and she's like oh, I just had a big argument with Portia and she was screaming at me and oh, this is what happened and blah 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 and you need to like sort her out and she, she was like yeah. you, need to, your job. you need to call her and sort her out and I, I was just like okay like I'll, I'll give her a call so I called Portia and Portia's like yeah we had an argument and this is what happened and like it was the same argument but it was like two very different yeah. versions of it. And I mean, obviously there's always going to be two sides to every story, but it was just interesting that mum called me yelling and saying that you screamed and you, I called you and you were like, just calm, like, oh, this is what happened. Like, yeah. like this ridiculous thing. Yeah. But like, it yeah. just also just another, like, like sidebar. I keep, I keep going like off topic, but yeah, it's, it's fine. just like what keeps coming up. But like, I remember doing this just in the fact that I felt the need to fix that fight with you guys. Yeah. I remember I did this, um, one of those like Myers Briggs oh, yeah. yeah. personality type tests. It wasn't necessarily Myers Briggs one, but it was just like yeah. some test that I did. And it came up, the label it gave me was the counselor. Yeah. And it was talking about, oh, like the mediator. Yeah. yeah. And I reflected, I just remember thinking, like, oh, there's been so many times, like, as kids or like as, you know, young adults where, like, you two Even were when fighting. You went no contact. You were, you would yeah. go between and fix But it, ju- it just different times, like, it not just between like mum and one of us like you two like if yeah. if you guys had a fight or like you know one of you guys with our other sisters or one yeah. of them yeah. with mum like I would always be the one that would come in and try and be like okay like what's like going mediate on? between like, the yeah two. just mm-hmm. trying to fix things because I felt this like inherent need to just like that's such a stressful position for you to be in to and feel I guess, like it's but like... I never remember being stressful until yeah. like. I look back now and I'm like, why was it my responsibility? Yeah. To why like, did mum call you saying sort her out? I, 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 think, I think because I was in that was yeah. my job, kind yeah. of off in the family dynamic. Like, it's almost but. like her preying on the fact that you already feel beholden to something or someone or mum or you know the family unit. Well, to because fix I was her flying monkey and I had to fix mm. something yeah. that it, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she was you know preying on that already this sense in you that you felt like you had to fix things. And manipulating that to go, also, I can use you to, you know, go off and, and do my bidding for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like one of the tactics that um, a flying monkey uses is things like spying or spreading gossip or maybe reading someone's Facebook messages. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> would never do something like never. that, would well, you, I don't Chloe? think Chloe's read our messages. I know that one of our other sisters has. No, I read I, I read just Fridays. <laughs> There's been like, yeah, 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 well, because um, I read the messages about a guy, I don't know if you were seeing him, or... yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember because I was dating this guy, and we were all still living at home, yeah, and I was dating this guy, and we were like trying to sort out like what was going on, like whether we were going to be a thing or not, and I remember I had like sent him this long message and been like, I really want to be your girlfriend, and he was like, <laughs> I don't know, doing the typical guy thing, yeah, but you read it, and 
I remember you went to mum for some reason, like why that was even, even a deal, know. big deal. I don't know. Yeah. And then um, I remember like, like there would be times like maybe when we were younger, it's more typical of kids yeah. to like tattle on their siblings. But I remember this one when you would like read my diary and like go and tell mum what I'd written in there and mm. stuff and like yeah. But like yeah, I mean it, it was something. We I guess all... it's a typical sibling dynamic to want to tattle on your yeah siblings absolutely. because but if they're in trouble it means when, you're not like when you're a kid definitely but when i read your messages i was a grown-ass adult like i should well, not yeah, have done that true. Yeah. yeah yeah you know like it, it's not okay behavior and and i know that other members of our family have done it as adults and they shouldn't yeah, yeah it's absolutely. all part of the drama of it i guess like that's yeah. a big part of being in a narcissistic dynamic mm. is there's always got to be someone like stirring the pot so in terms of like that pri- that whole privacy thing as kids and stuff, mm. it, this is one thing that really I'm, I'm quite like loud about, I guess, mm. or, or it frustrates me a lot, is that it should really have been down to the adult to instill in their children that privacy is important. But instead, the narcissist uses these spy tactics to kind of manipulate people yeah. and, and, and stir the pot, I guess you should say. But... Your kids, even when they are kids, deserve mm-hmm. privacy. And going against that only makes them, you know, trust you less and yeah. get better at hiding mm-hmm. things. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, I remember one time I was, I mean, it was a, some stupid thing, but I I was writing a letter to a girl at school. Like, it was, we were just friends, like, writing letters to each yeah. other or whatever. And I was, I remember, like, right, her name was, like, Kirsty or something. Like, <laughs> like primary school friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was writing a letter to her being like, I, I did this today. Like, blah, blah, blah. But I ripped up the letter and put it in the bin. And then, like, the next day, I found mum rifling through the bin reading it. And it's, and it's, I mean, obviously, like, that wasn't something that, like, I wanted to hide. It wasn't anything, like, mm. anything too private. But it's it's this whole thing of, like, thinking that just because your children are kids that they don't deserve privacy. But that's not going to... No. That's going to teach them to hide hide stuff yep. better. And, mm. and teach them to not... Textbook parenting. Not, <laughs> not trust you. Um, but I guess also in terms of like the flying monkey and the behavior that you know we did as flying monkeys because mm. I, i'm not absolved of anything like i still did that behavior yeah but I think i'm sure i did like crappy things to you yeah. guys yeah, and yeah. like we to all, other people we all did it to each but, other so i guess it's important to also say that um as someone who has taken part in this behavior we can acknowledge that you know we were in this situation being manipulated and we were in this toxic household and we had an abusive mother and who was manipulating us and blah 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 all that stuff but also that doesn't absolve us of any guilt yes. or um, it doesn't absolve us of this bad behavior I think it's also important um, for us as adults who are trying to you know grow and heal mm-hmm. to not only be able to acknowledge that this situation was bad but to also acknowledge that the part that we played yeah the part that we played yes i think it comes down to like sorry to just like take over yeah, from no, me, go ahead. but like it just comes down to taking responsibility yeah. for yourself and like yes crappy things happen might happen to you but when you're an adult like you're responsible for mm. your actions your actions and and it was because it was still you that hurt that person yeah it was still you that like did that it, it was thing. still me that i don't know like did whatever i did to you regardless mm. of whatever like situation i was sort of manipulated into or whatever yeah. fueled that like there was there was one thing i was thinking of today which was um the way that i treated our dad at one point in the past and i've like owned up to that and i'm yeah. like apologized to him and we're going through this really like beautiful kind of healing mm. process but part of my journey of like healing and growing was to reflect on that and think oh, i really acted really badly in that mm. situation and going back to him and apologizing because that's what a responsible adult does yeah yeah and in saying that like that's one of the big reasons for me anyway and probably for you guys why i felt i couldn't have talked to mom anymore was because she doesn't take any responsibility for her actions like at all and all and And she's an adult and i think a big part of that is i mean we were talking about this earlier tonight is is Mm self-reflection in order to in order to take responsibility for your actions you need to look inward and go okay i know that other people have wronged me but also who have i wronged Mm -hmm. by by allow by by you know being yeah i was gonna say by being allowed allowing myself to be put in that situation but that's not the case at all but 
by being manipulated, you still did those actions. Yeah, and, and also, it's not necessarily like it's easy to be like, oh, I was manipulated into doing that. Mm-hmm. That's it's not that again. Just using that term of like black and white, it's not necessarily that black and white. Like yeah. the like, regardless of whether you were felt like feel now like you were manipulated into it at the time. I don't yeah. know if I'm making sense, but like. You did the thing. Yeah. So it was like, still so your action. And the reason you did it is because you were manipulated, but you still did it. So yeah, yeah. even if I punch you in the face because somebody told me to, I still punch you in the face. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's And it's a that just to like take over again, like but um the it's a really hard thing to do to look mm. at yourself and think, Oh, I did this really bad oh, and yeah, I, I did a bad person. thing. I hurt this person. But being on the other side of that, like, it is so healing. Like, it is yeah. so just deep down, like, so much. You just feel so much better on the, on the other side. Mm. And that makes, like, the, just thinking about it now, that makes it sound like it's a selfish thing to, <laughs> no, to no. do it. But it, like... I think yeah, it's part of the process. Just, it yeah. is. Because I think... Owning up I think, to things you've done wrong is really hard. But when you've done it, it's really good. <laughs> and, I th- and I think also there's a, there's a common theme that I see a lot which is, you know, people who have been through a shitty childhood, they've been traumatized by this stuff. It's it's so easy and comfortable to keep yourself in a victim mindset, yeah. I think, that that to remove yourself from that and go, No, I also did bad things. Mm, and yeah. I need to I need to take ownership of that and I need to right some wrongs here. And also in saying that it's easy and comfortable to hide from the things you did wrong yeah. and not face up to them because it's scary and it's yeah. hard and naturally most people don't want to do the hard thing no and you were saying like you know the reason part of the reason that we went no contact with our mum is because she doesn't take responsibility for her actions i think i think also looking at it that way it's like if you want to do the hard yards and and get some healing done and you don't want to end up like your mum or like that narcissist in your life yeah then take some time for self-reflection yeah it's so important to understand that yeah, I think yeah, it's, I, I mean, think it's just so important to own your, up to your shit. Your yeah. friend who we really want to have on, Katie. Yeah. Oh, she's okay. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah she said that she's fine with us. So okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Katie so named. Her. Yeah, Katie. Was she's saying, really big on yeah owning up to her shit, and she's talked about how she's been no contact for however many years. But I think that it's those like four years. Yeah, but those first like couple of years are so hard, and you have to do so much work. Yeah. To to get to a good like better place yeah we've gone completely off track, <laughs> but it's totally yeah. fine it's, but it's all so good. it's all good yeah. yeah yeah so i think this is our last uh role which is the hero role um so they kind of they spend their time trying to make the family look normal like everything's fine there's no problems yeah. we're totally you know a normal family um they're usually over responsible and self-sufficient um kind of like perfectionists or overachievers and they look really good on the outside um and in that respect the narcissistic mother can sometimes look to this person and be like look at what i made like this person yeah i feel like like, i chose that i'm a good parent yeah i feel like kind of i feel like a little bit that was you growing up righty because you I think growing up, well, school. I don't know because I feel like growing up, I was always very jealous of you because you I were always too. so naturally. <laughs> well, I am very amazing. <laughs> I feel like growing up, you were so you know naturally able to be naturally know, t- beautiful, tidy, <laughs> and you had like good style or you know you had good, you had good, good grades habits. at school. Yeah, and I and I feel like that was kind of you where it was like you know you were an overachiever and you looked really good on the outside, but obviously behind closed doors, it was, I don't you're know, a piece of shit. Like- <laughs> I don't know. Like, I always thought I was crap at school and, like... Oh, that's funny, eh? I don't know. I think that's your self-esteem talking. That's something yeah. to go into uh, on another when episode. We're not, <laughs> no, well, when we're not recording, because I am forever comparing myself to you. Like, yeah, all the time. And okay, I did when I was a kid. let's unpack that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really interesting to hear, like, your other people's Our perspectives perspective on you. Yeah. You. But with this, like, hero, hero role, I guess, I don't know, I'm thinking about it, I feel like each of us have yeah, fit into that at yeah. different times. And it might also just be like a natural part for a child to normalize the, a traumatic experience. Well, like it's also... Because you don't want to show to the outside world what's going on at home. So you present oh, this yeah. thing of being like, oh, It's also fine. that term again that, that I spoke about in our first episode um, called pseudo-mutuality. Mm. Where, you know, it's it's this 
on the outside you look like this perfect yep. family unit, but then when you come behind closed doors, it's actually not the case at all. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I think it's, I think this one is very sort of not, not like solidified. Like... Yeah. It's very malleable and, and it's seen in a lot of places in different ways. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, we've said it a billion times, but, like, these roles change a lot, you know, and they might be filled by, like, all people or one person, and, like, it's really or, fluid. Yeah, or, like, you might be listening to this, you know, whoever whoever you might be, <laughs> but, like, you might listen to this and be like, oh, I, I feel like I've identified all of these roles, mm. or, like, there's just one that I fit into, or, like, if I don't feel like I recognize myself in any of these, does that mean, like, I'm not part a victim of narcissistic abuse or my parent or yeah. sibling or whatever is not a narcissist because I don't I'm not a scapegoat or like but it's just I think it's just good to reiterate that it's not black and white. Like yeah yeah, yeah. every single person that like even each of us we've been through the same we've mm-hmm. come from the same background. We each have a different experience of yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. every single person who has been through a similar experience has a different experience. Like that sounds well, weird but like Everybody's yeah. going to have a different well, even, relationship with it. Even mm. like how Renika, the um, email who emailed us. Yeah, at the beginning. I mean, she's only been in no contact for a week. And those like initial stages, it can be so like overwhelming. Everything and you have to and you go through and... Exhausted. Yeah, but it's kind of nice to see people like us and then people even further down the track, you know... Um, who've gone through it and are kind of like not even on the other side but just in a better place (laughs) yeah yeah have you have you found that there's anything kind of that's helped you after going no contact or like what have you seen in yourself Friday that that you're like oh my god this is so much better now (laughs) like I can communicate just like well yeah I mean saying that like the three of us like yeah you guys said it on the first episode like we have such a strong relationship now yeah and I think it's also just having that weight off your shoulders (sighs) like yeah it's just knowing that you're like, not going to have that stress all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of removed from Such the drama. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so that's really Let's not count all the years. <laughs> I know. It's okay. So I think we probably are just about talked everybody's ears off now. Yeah. If you're still <laughs> listening, thank you. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Bridie. It was and it was really nice to see you up in Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so next week we're probably going to be talking about one of the more well-known yeah. uh, manipulation techniques, which is gaslighting. Yeah. Um, which has affected a lot of us. Yeah. All very us. drastically. Should I come on we do that episode with you guys too? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we could. No, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see what the I feel f- like we'll every single f- episode you do, I'll just be like, oh, I have some points on that. Like, <laughs> yeah. We'll see what the fans think. And then... <laughs> The, cl- um, the club members. We yeah. should do like a poll, like which sister do you guys like best? <laughs> Who are we gonna vote off this week? Oh my god! Like Survivor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to next week because yeah, gaslighting is like. Mm. I can't. Can I just say like you guys? This is so. I think it's so cool that you guys are doing this, and like, I can't wait to like, like uh, it's like listening to a podcast like that I listen to before yeah before this, and then like every week i'm like oh i want to get here the next one now <laughs> yeah like, what's what are they going to do and now you know the next one because you you're on it girl oh, yeah <laughs> you're part of the you're part of our podcast you're yeah. a podcast host oh my god <laughs> like should i like make an instagram and be like oh, i've been on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i mean we don't even have an instagram yeah anymore, so it's <laughs> something we should do it's maybe yeah. something we should all do yeah <laughs> But yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. Mm. And thanks for having me and listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. But yeah. thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Stay classy. <laughs> <laughs>